0: Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology, and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 53 for Thursday,
1: 26th May 2011, live from UK Lug. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This week in Lotus, we are live from UK Luck here in Manchester, and as usual, we have a great panel with us. I'm Stuart McIntyre. We have Darren Duke. Hi,
0: Darren.
2: Yay! Me! i
1: We also have Julian Robichaux. Yeah. And Matt Newman. Matt Newman! Yay. And Mary Beth Raven. Yay! And Bill Buchan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to you all, thank you for giving up your time uh, Rather than eating lunch, you're here with us Joining us in this conversation We also have a live audience here in the room At UK Lug, they'll be asking some questions Of us as time goes on Well let's kick off, we're at UK Lug um, The UK Lotus user group let's, let's ask, how was the conference so far this morning Matt, why don't you kick us off, how was the conference
3: Demos, yay, yay.
1: What else? <laughs> How, how was the rest of the presentation? you, you enjoy the content?
3: We got demos.
1: And, and, and that was one of the points they brought out, wasn't it? Maybe, um, you yeah, Bill, you can talk about this. At Lotus Fair this year, there was some discontent amongst the audience about the lack of demos, lots of panels. They talked about today how there was some, um, you know, how people were listening behind the stage and reacting. And that was part of the power of social was how they responded to that. How do you feel about that case study being brought up?
0: I don't know about the case study, sorry.
1: Okay, well, they just talked about how social is used by Lotus, really, in terms of you know, helping their business. And One of their examples was how they dealt with Lotusphere. Do, um, how, how have you found the conference so far this morning?
0: Uh, the conference is fantastic. As usual, Warren Kitty and the rest of the organisers have done a tremendous job. Um, and here's Warren. Um, Warren is holding a can of energy drink. Warren, what is the name on the can? Oh. There we are. Um, so, fantastic conference. Great venue. Uh, Yeah, really enjoying myself. It's good. My feet are sore, but that's nothing new. Um, But yeah, brilliant. Uh, So our social, our loot is getting more social. Yes, um, I think uh, we're seeing a lot more reaction. Um, We're seeing a lot more Twitter and information leaking out the sides. Um, If 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 they could, I don't know, market something that'd be really cool. Uh, So that people outside of the little yellow bubble or whatever you want to call it um, actually hear the the news, that would be cool. Um, But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite encouraged. Now, bear in mind, that the competitors are also all going down the social path as well, so we should expect this of all our vendors. Maybe Lotus is leading a little right now, but you know, let, let's keep our foot on their attention and, uh, <laughs> and uh, make sure they keep up the good work, I think. And since Mary Beth is sitting right next to me, um, I think I should refrain from making any more comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Darren, it's your first trip to UK Lug. You've done lots of Lugs over in the States.
2: How have you found this one in comparison? It's in a lot older building. A lot older building. Like a good 400 years. Um, It's a fantastic location. Uh, You know, well set up, well run event. Um, We tried to come last year, but for some reason we didn't. I'm not sure why. Yeah, that's why. We
4: decided to pay our bills
2: instead. That's right, that's what it was. Um, So, you know, it's good. Been fantastic. I've driven more miles in England than I ever have in my formative 24 years that I lived here. Uh, But other than that, it's actually quite good. I'm impressed.
5: Excellent, and Julian. Any thoughts? Yes. Any thoughts? Uh, no. It's not. It's, it's it's been very busy so far. Uh, I mean, you know, this is the first day, the first morning of being here. But I mean, the 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 opening session was packed. Um, there's there's just a lot of people walking around and uh, you know milling around and talking to all the different vendors and stuff like that. So I mean, so far so good. It's it's you know you can't evaluate the conference after you know three hours, I guess. But uh, watch us. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's fantastic. And, and Manchester's real real nice. It's uh, kind of rainy right now. Um, but, but but it's a good venue because I actually had a chance to, to run around the museum here, which is, I mean, it's, it's kind of neat to to have a conference in a place where uh, you can sort of slip away and look at, you know, the, the really cool techie stuff too. Yeah. Excellent.
1: And Mary Beth, you must do an awful lot of user group- around the world. I've, I've seen you tweeting and blogging for many of them. Um, how does UK Lug compare to the others? Is there any difference in atmosphere or community at any of these events?
6: Uh, well, yes and no. Um, I do I do Lugs pretty much all over the world, Lotus user groups. And, for example, last week I, was, I had the opportunity to be in Montreal for the Cross Canada Lotus user group. Um, and one of the things that I do love about the UK Lug and generally about iLug is... Is is that um, there's a certain level of enthusiasm um, that makes it just a lot more fun. The others. Um want I think to have that level of enthusiasm and sometimes they're just not as big or they haven't like like this is what the fourth or fifth UK lug so you now sort of have a history and people can look forward to it and and stuff like that and and I think uh some of the other lugs are growing and and getting bigger and better I didn't get a chance to get to B-Lug this year but you know it seems to be growing and getting uh more of a following and and more generating excitement and stuff like that so uh, and I I always enjoy speaking at them and I uh, you feel free to invite me to yours if you have one coming up, and I just try to, you know, intersperse that with uh, what my boss calls, you know, some of the, the real work. Excellent.
5: But, uh, you know, to to kind of follow on to that, uh, one of the questions that Ted Stanton asked in the opening session was, uh, how many people here went to Lotusphere, yeah. and lug- there there were not that many hands that went up. I mean, there, there are a lot of people here that don't tend to get to Lotusphere and hear that Lotusphere message. So you know, the, these these log events are just so important for spreading the word that way too.
1: And Let me open up um, questions to the audience. Anybody want to raise a question of this August panel? Lisa, kick us off.
4: Matt, tell us a little bit about the upcoming Lotus
3: User Group in Australia. The Australian Lotus User Group. I'm gl- Lisa, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, August 22nd to the 26th is Lotus Week in Australia, and the reason that I'm mentioning Lotus Week is because the first three days is the View's X-Pages Boot Camp, which got confirmed this week. So we're going to have the X-Pages Boot Camp Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then the free, did I say free, as in beer, um, Australian Lotus User Group with some of the guests that are on this panel who are actually going to make the trek all the way up to Sydney, Australia, to attend the Australian Lotus User Group. So come along.
2: Okay, any other questions? Uh-oh. Um, th- this one's really one for all the panel. Um, bearing in mind what to me was the key announcement in the keynote, that the Lotus brand will probably disappear, have you got any suggestions as to what Lugs will actually be called in the future? I yeah. but you
7: can't, you can't pronounce it because it's if you do it like that.
8: Well, it's, it's,
2: it's an interesting time because, you know, Stuart himself had a blog post just last week about this, um, about what a what partner partners being told, what a customer customers being told. Because right up, up until today, I've never actually heard an IBM come out and say the brand is being deprecated, but also the target is probably all the other brands are being deprecated. Up until today, it was a business card change. It was a signature change. So, you know, what's it going to be called? That's a very hard thing because the the demos we start today, and there was lots of good demos, and Ted Stanton did a good job, it's hard to pinpoint what brand is where because we saw Cognos, we saw Analytics, we saw WebSphere, we saw Portal, we saw a bit of Domino, we saw everything. So I can kind of understand why IBM are doing it, but I think it leaves... A lot of people kind of scratching their heads and saying, so just like Microsoft market everything as SharePoint, are we now marketing everything as IBM? And that may be the answer. It's just everything is IBM, period. Go for it.
3: So, does that then mean that there'll be product specific advertising, or will it continue as IBM Smarter Planet with the whole cross bearing portfolio being marketed as? one thumping great big solution to everything.
2: I think I'll still be marketed as Smarter Fluff, yeah. (laughs) I mean Planet, sorry.
1: And and just to clarify, what we heard really for the first time as an answer to a question from the audience was that all the brands will be taken away. And, And that's the first time I've ever heard that stated, is that it's not just the thing about Lotus, it's not just about us kind of removing the... The connotations around the Lotus brand—it's about IBM reducing the demand, really, of each of those five software brands and consolidating them into one to make marketing easier, positioning easier, and so on. And I think it's the first time I've ever heard it is stated as clearly as that. And if it is really that kind of um, strategic, a Um, a step forward, then maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, it felt very much to me, and that was the subject of some of my blog posts, was that it was being done in a piecemeal, kind of bit-by-bit way, and it sounds from the discussions today as if it's much more strategic in in making that decision.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I think Stuart and myself have been pretty vocal uh, about we don't necessarily care if a Lotus name goes away, but I also think there's been a big gap left since Lotus Lotusphere where nothing has actually been said, and maybe today is that turning point.
3: The one the one comment that I thought was really interesting, um, Ted was asked the question, so Stuart, you asked the question of Ted, and then uh, Ted gave a, a slightly longer response than what we expected, which included the two- to three-year time frame for getting rid of it. And then Queen Bee, uh, our own Mary Beth Raven, came out and gave one of the best descriptions for getting rid of it that I've ever heard. It received a, a standing ovation from the audience. <laughs> Do you remember what you said?
6: I have absolutely no recollection. <laughs> nice. Well, actually, um, well, first of all, right? I, I, I'm the only one on the panel here who works for IBM. But on the other hand, I also do not work in marketing, and so I have not necessarily been actively involved in this at all. I'm a recipient, but who also happens to work in IBM. Um, but um, in terms of marketing, IBM has lots of brands already, and they have been continuing to to market all these different brands. And that's expensive when you've got IBM Rational, IBM Lotus, IBM Tivoli, et cetera, et cetera. And as you saw in Ted's demo this morning, which I thought was excellent, um, our job and our goal is to meld the products from these different brands into the kinds of solutions that are new and different, that are not just a Lotus-branded solution or a WebSphere-branded solution or whatever, right? A lot of you here use, you know, TDI, Tivoli Directory Integrator. I've been working on some Cognos integration into some Lotus stuff. but It doesn't really matter anymore whether it's Tivoli or Cognos or SPSS. It's all part of the IBM Software Group solution, and that's what we want to focus on. Yeah.
9: Now it's all branded as blue. Here is a, s- a small but free version of Cognos. Here is a small but free version of same time. And then get people on the hook. And then grow the product in people's organizations. Because if it's all blue, then you can slip the thing without suddenly saying, oh, you've got loads of stuff. Oh, now you've got WebSphere. You can get it all in at once.
2: Well I think it's, it's a, that's an ISV question. Right, because I, I guess you're looking at SQL Server Express for example, Right, where they give that away for free Microsoft, and then before you know it you're SQL server shop, uh, and, and that's the kind of product life cycle that Microsoft have. I think the key here is D- DB2 kind of has a free edition as well, but no one knows about it.
9: Well, it's not the fact it's because they're separately identified people think of the Microsoft stack as the Microsoft stack, so nothing it's not a new product to bring Microsoft in or to bring SharePoint in, if you're already using Microsoft, <coughs> so it doesn't feel new right. to the organisations where, as because up till now IBM has separated all their products, it feels like something new is being introduced, where if it's all blue, you can see the little there.
2: in. And I think the answer I think is yes, I think that's how we're going to do it, and this is probably the first demonstration I've ever seen where you kind of saw the vision kind of come to fruition, for want of a better word, is I was sat there and there was some stuff up there that amazed me and you could, you could tell, okay, which which piece of a portfolio is this? Okay, that, that looks like Paul, that looks like Northstar, and in fact I think the tab on his browser had Project Northstar on it. And, and so I think by not talking about products, they're doing exactly what, what you suggest. I think they're trying to push away, okay, don't worry about the brands. It's all it's all IBM and I think they're trying to do that. I think Microsoft's been successful.
3: So this is where it gets really interesting because Mary Beth's comment um, was actually really, really good. Um, the aggregated, integrated value of IBM software within your organisation. So th- that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh. That was a brilliant quote. And this is where I see a lot of organisations maybe in the future where At the moment, the enterprise is saying, we're a Microsoft shop. Maybe at some stage in the future, there will be a brave new world and we'll be able to have customers who are putting their hands up and saying, we are an IBM shop. So it doesn't matter where in the stack your solutions come from. When you put the stack together, it is a compelling solution. There is some really great software in the IBM software stack.
4: Actually, before you... Jump in, Julian. I just wanted to address the point about um, putting things in for free, and it's not a bad idea. But it's really incumbent upon all of us as advocates and as partners, and as IBMers, to let people know about what's already in there for free. Just giving it away for free doesn't do anything if people don't know about the entitlements that we that you already have. And I know as STS, we've done a lot of presentations about are you aware of the entitlements you have are you using same time inside your organization it's free are you using some of these other entitlements so it's good but it doesn't take the place of marketing Uh,
5: (laughs) sorry I don't I, I think another point that probably you know might be worth making well I hope it's worth making because I'm going to make the point. Uh, the, uh, that, that, I mean, kind of what Mark was saying in terms of uh, if you take the Microsoft approach of, of kind of combining everything under one umbrella, that one of the things Microsoft has done a very good job of from the development standpoint is that they have essentially a single development tool, and they have Visual Studio. And so, if you're going to do anything with SQL Server, uh, I mean, besides the administration piece from the development side, you know, SQL Server, ASP .NET on any of their .NET languages or whatever, you're using Visual Studio. And right now, that is absolutely not the case with IBM. I mean, with IBM, if you're going to do WebSphere Portal, then you're going to be using Rational Application Developer, or you're going to use something else. You know, for Domino, we use Domino Designer. And uh, I guess, uh, hopefully uh... since everything is kinda merging onto this eclipse platform it'll be very nice if in a couple of years that we have a you know an ibm version of visual studio where that is the one IDE that we're using for developing whatever because then it will be easy for you know these these tools to virally grow within a company that you're like oh well if you want me to spit something out for db2 here let me just pull up this perspective in my designer and, you know, bam, I'll, I'll, write, I'll write something for it. So I don't know if that's the direction it's going, but that would be very nice.
7: So, St- as Stewart's asked me to, I need to put my name at the front of this question, and if anybody else can do that when they ask a question, that'd be great. My name's Tim Clark. I work for IBM. Um, and my question is, I, I'm a technical sales guy in IBM. I go see customers, and some of the times you go and talk to a customer and you talk about lock-in, that customer's got, because they've gone down the Microsoft route and they've been locked into certain products at certain times, and now they can't move off of that because then it would break a whole bunch of stuff. If we go the Microsoft route, in inverted commas, does that mean we're going to start locking people into technologies and then we'll end up with the same resentment that some customers have against Microsoft against us? The,
3: the great thing, I think, about IBM software is... For a number of years, they've been following the open standards line. So when you go and talk about Notes and Domino and being able to plug virtually any client into a Domino server, whether it's a web client or an IMAP client, Marie or a POP client, or even the rich Notes rich client, you can plug that into a domino server. When you start talking about SOAP and web services and open standards across the entire portfolio, then suddenly things can plug into virtually anything, and the only reason that you're s- stuck with a Microsoft stack is because it's all proprietary. So the company that jumps up and down and says, proprietary, 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 when we're talking about Notes or when we're talking about any other document format is really selling you proprietary and not really subscribing to the open standards. So, I think
9: kudos
3: (laughs) to IBM for following the open standards path.
1: To ask a follow-on question, um, something that was mentioned several times in the keynote, Ted Santa mentioned it, was SharePoint, and it kind of got almost to the point where... It became more of a focus and say Notes was in the keynote because Notes was hardly mentioned. I wonder, just a question to the panel, is Microsoft still the key other vendor we need to be integrating with and competing with? Or are we kind of missing the target? Should we be thinking about Google integration and Facebook integration, some of the other vendors that are out there, rather and Microsoft,
8: all the time?
0: Okay. Um, if you consider a very large financial company, one of my main clients right now and has been for the last couple of years... Um, there is no discussion within this business at all within the architecture group about using any other technology than Microsoft, okay? These are the architects group for this you know massive over hundred thousand person company. They're all running around with iPads, Macs, iPods, iPhones, but you talk to them about any architecture stuff, and it's Microsoft straight down the line. So we have got to adapt. And I have adapted the last couple of years to an environment where Notes doesn't own the directory. Notes isn't the mail system. Notes is an application, and it's a very good application. They've spent. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Anyway, um, so we're in this environment where. I just realised I quite like getting paid now and again. Um, we're in this environment where um, Notes really is just a, a very, very small fish in a very large pond. And we've successfully managed to get the servers up to 8.5.2. Um, we've stabilized the system. Um, Mr. White is lending fantastic assistance. And I'm sure we're going to slip in Xpages when they're not looking. Now, if we look at, say, Xpages, uh, and, and Matt and, and Mr. Colquhoun and all the rest of X Pages Xpages gurus here can answer this in much greater detail. One thing I really wanted out of Xpages before I really got... Excited about it was the ability to, for XPages to consume other databases mm-hmm. other than Domino. Yes. So all of a sudden, you can build a really rich app, wrap it out, stick it on as many servers as you like, but then have it hammer back to another data source, let's say MS SQL or DB2 or any other large enterprise database or Postgres if you want to go open source. And yes, it appears to be that this ability will be slipping out within XPages within you know, the next few months, which is fantastic news. All of a sudden, it's not a case of you've got to lock the data in Domino because some of this data is huge and relational and millions of records and stuff, stuff that Domino is not good at. Domino is a collaborat- collaboration platform. It's not a transaction pro- uh, processing platform. So we've now got the stage where Xpages will consume other databases. Fantastic. If we can get, if we can get what was promised-ish and have the Notes client use AD as a directory and AD as its authentication mechanism, then all of a sudden, Notes is just an application platform, yeah? I think a lot more corporate customers will start to use it again tactically, yeah? So if we assume we've got to live in a, in a hugely you know, competitive world within the large corporates, then great. And then just to throw all that up in there and throw all that answers away, we've now got the cloud discussion, which is kind of ironic because before Warren stuck the big pipe in this building, there was no internet. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've got some reservations against cloud. I'm sure other people have as well. But I don't know how the cloud's going to affect things. But I'm I'm quite encouraged that the people who are spending the money in development within Lotus are actually accepting the fact that Lotus isn't the owner of the directory, isn't in the mail system, but is still a damn fine application platform. And I think we've got that to look forward to. But that was a very long answer for a very short question, I'm sorry. Very,
2: very <laughs> there, there, there is a problem with all of that, and that, that is the fact that Notes and Domino is heterogeneous only as far as the platform it installs and runs on. It is very rarely a heterogeneous platform inside of an Active Directory environment, inside of a relational database environment. And once you have data in an NSF, right now it's locked, and that has hurt us, that's hurting us for the last 10 years, and it's still continuing with hurt us. But you are right, Bill, as, as, as Xpages is starting to service any data... We, we, you know, XPages could transform into exactly what Julian said, which is ASP, ASP.NET. Pick your language. We can surface whatever the best application is to surface the data. And I believe Paul Withers has maybe an update on that. No?
3: Okay. This one. I think there's one important point as well. I think Julian mentioned it earlier is that the, the direction is extending the Eclipse platform, you know, and the whole Java JSF JIS, story. I think that makes the development environment certainly more tactical, more strategic moving forward and uh, gives it a bit more of a, uh, a view in terms of managing where, where it's going. You know.
2: I just hope this is a continued movement towards heterogeneous ability inside of a Domino Notes platform as opposed to a one-time thing to placate the noise <laughs> and that's, that, that's a, that, that needs to be important. And, and I think the and active directory support natively out of notes was a, a real big problem. And then they put it back in.
7: It's uh, Warren Ellsmore here. Um, just, just one thing. The, I mean, the, you're right. Directory independence, which was IBM's plan to pull all the users and groups out of Domino, didn't ship. But well, that's not to say Domino as an application server doesn't integrate well with AD. Mm. Because it, it does, and we've been doing it for a very long time, not as well as you might like it to do. But you certainly can have native Domino applications authenticating via AD, sending out email via exchange, all of that sort of stuff. The, the Achilles heel, really, is the notes client. You know, the notes client is the thing that needs all the key exchange and all that sort of stuff that the notes directory gives you. If you're looking at web-based apps, it works.
2: But the problem there is Dom- Domino itself doesn't have a password complexity rule on the web password, which is insane.
7: Well, yeah, but if you're passing all that stuff off to AD, then you don't really matter. care anyway. Correct. Yeah,
8: you don't. <laughs>
9: Name's Mark Myers. Um, thankfully, due to the fact that so many back-end platforms are becoming more and more popular um, in user perception, so um, cloud stuff, Amazon Web Services, Google stuff, um, now would be the time to start moving some of our old problems and fixing them because our fixes will then be lost in um, the crowd, as it were. It wouldn't be, oh, my, uh, Lotus are doing something to catch up with Microsoft. It'll be a case of Lotus IBM are keeping up with all of the other different platforms that are coming out. So it it would be a good time to fix those old problems, because then we'd just be keeping up with everyone else. It would be a universal platform, just solving problems.
6: Right. This is Mary Beth Raven. Um, I agree. And of course, you all know that my perspective is much more the end user perspective, not an application development perspective. And I encourage everybody to look at the apps that they've got and to think about that. And for example, I know you've got lots of uh, traditional Domino Notes apps probably that you're thinking of um, x-pageifying and things like that. And when you do that, uh, one of the things I would like to discuss with you about is not just taking the app that it exists today, the way it you know ran and the business process it solved ten years ago, but to also then think about how you can add additional useful social media-based kind of collaboration into it, really easy given some of the like some of the social media toolkit kinds of things that we're beginning to offer, so that it's not just the app that you're converting, but you're looking at it and say, how can we add you know additional types of collaboration would. Microblogging be useful? Would live names be useful? That kind of thing. So it's an opportunity to do that as well. And Paul Withers, or somebody back there, I I can't.
2: Oh, off would be useful. Hi, it's Paul Withers. Um, I think also it's, um, as you're moving to X pages, it's a case of changing your perception of how you navigate through an application, not necessarily restricting yourself, as we've had to in the notes client, uh, or tended to, of outline, view, document, back up to the view a document, combining multiple views into a single user interface uh, to allow people to work smarter um, with the flexibility that we
5: now have.
3: That's a really interesting discussion that we're having with a number of clients right now. Um, The customers are actually looking at their applications, their traditional notes apps, they're discussing X pages, there are... In our particular region, a lot of people work offline. They don't work connected to the server. They, they replicate constantly. And the one thing that the notes client in that rich interface gives you right now, which is better than Xpages, is the ability to navigate through the records in a database easily and then collect that information together and put it somewhere else or share it with something else. And that's something that's actually missing from X pages. And when you have that conversation with people about do we go X pages or do we stick with an updated notes interface, it's a really interesting discussion and there are a lot of pros and cons to both stories.
2: And that that goes back to Bill's comment about the cloud. Right, the cloud is an always connected environment, and the fact of the matter is, e- even here in this building, we're having trouble being connected all the time. And this is Manchester, England. This is not Djibouti,
0: Ethiopia. <laughs> or <So>, how about <bad laughs> Tasmania? <laughs> Actually, can I go to the mic? I read the news a few weeks ago. There was a guy on top of Everest, got a 3G <laughs> signal wow. and Twittered. Yeah, he got better inter- of internet on the top of Everest than I get in my house. <laughs> 30 miles away from the oil capital of Europe. Hello. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: And it, it's, it's not just big cities, it's also developing countries. And I've, I've got a big barrow to push on this because we deal with some customers who are in third, third world countries. We have customers who are paying $8,000 US dollars a month for a one and a half meg satellite connection to run a 100 user company. So I'm sorry, but for that particular customer, cloud does not. Work. You want a Domino server on site and you want notes applications running locally. And in one uh, one particular customer's uh, instance, every single user in the organization has a laptop because the power goes off at least every five minutes. And it's cheaper to give everyone a laptop than it is to put uh, desktops on every desk with a thumping great UPS connected to them.
5: Well, and, you know, that also plays to the whole discussion about mobile applications, too. I mean, that was another big point that Ted Stanton brought up this morning, is, is he said that, that IBM and Lotus, well, let's just say IBM, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, they're they're trying very hard to take a mobile first application development strategy and that's not only is that smart because you know hey you can run the stuff on your mobile device but also uh, from a development standpoint that means that you don't care about the data sources in the back end and you don't care if that data source is domino Uh, you know if if it's next page or a form or an agent or if it's a DB2 database or if it's just something else because you know even when you're in a web browser all of us we still look to see if there's that dot nsf you know at the end of the the url yeah, we and do. we do yeah and we were talking about that before this started and, and of course the microsoft guys they look for the dot asps and things like that and and so uh uh, you know on, on a mobile device you don't you don't think about that you just think about the data you have this interface and you're getting the data from somewhere and so you know I, I guess like Mark was saying as you're rebuilding your apps you know think about that too think about the fact that you can take this old data that's been out there somewhere and make it kind of new and fresh and no one cares that it's coming from a domino database or where it's coming from because it's sitting on their iPhone and that's what they really want to see and when you're in a situation where the power's going out and uh, you know that might be your your most reliable device um, or, you know, sitting right here, you know, if I don't get a Wi-Fi signal, I know that I've got 3G on my iPhone and I can go and pick up, you know, at least check my email or do whatever I need to do over my mobile connection. And that, so. that's
2: also true for developing nations. Haiti, when the earthquake happened, they, they don't have a copper telephone network, so they don't have a true broadband, but everyone has a 3G cable phone. So as soon as the towers are put back up, they're back on 3G. So it kind of jives with the whole... You know, I don't want to pay $8,000 for, mobile, uh, for a, a, a satellite connection, and it doesn't matter what my platform is. It always looks the same. So it might actually be a, a bit of a genius move. I'm not
9: sure on that, but it could be. Just a, another anecdote on the um, local copy. Brand new client, um, no notes history, just a completely different client. Um, and it was going to be a suggested cloud uh, solution, and they were going to store an awful lot of actual Word documents up generalized documents for a particular transaction and we're going to put them in S3 and he says well uh, I don't like them being on the cloud, you're in the middle of Florida, you've got good connections yeah but uh, we still lose connections can we like put them on Dropbox as well so I said are you asking for um, ability to replicate all of your documents locally so that they're always there no matter what you do (laughs) yes that's just what I want
7: (laughs) I know how you can do that.
9: <laughs> it's just, people still need that, particularly more because it's been brought home. You don't only really need one bad internet loss when you're living on the cloud and suddenly you're really traumatized and you want your local replica, please.
2: And, and everybody is going to have that bad day at some point.
7: Sorry, I got one the, to follow. The, a lot of the times, and I did this at BLUG and opened some eyes, and I think even Tim was talking about it. What IBM presents as a cloud solution isn't what it has to be. A cloud solution does not have to be where data sits entirely somewhere else. I think I presented about seven different ways, but it can be a redundancy. It can be the local replicas. It can be uh, partial data. It can be an extranet. It can be uh, you know, a presence for the customers. It does not have to be the whole solution for the enterprise, and a lot of companies get drawn into this new IBM cloud-type solution where you move everything out there. We don't want everything out there, and we're a cloud provider, private, public, side clouds, uh, DR, whatever it is. It's, the acronym that they're using it is people treat it as like he just brought up. It has to sit somewhere else. The data doesn't all have to sit there. And in Matt's example, yeah, you could have the data in the cloud replicating locally. The disconnection is still the same either way, but it serves both purposes. So the, the cloud term is really being misused a lot that we're seeing. And, and I think Google's driven that. I think it's, I think it's everybody, even the IBM presentations. Wholeheartedly, I see it every time I go to an IBM presentation. They go, they want us to use the new Lotus Live Notes or the new cloud or the IBM cloud or Google's cloud or the S three, you know, from Amazon. And it's always the same answer: is Oh, they're thinking we're moving every piece of our data out to the web, and it doesn't have to be that way.
2: When do we get a smarter cloud?
7: Oh. <laughs> smarter solutions for a smarter cloud.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, who's registered smartercloud.com? Stuart's doing it right. <laughs> 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 he's, get, he's off. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, my name's Gareth Howell I'm a uh, lo- strong notes consultant but most of my life these days is spent doing business continuity and uh, it's just a perspective relating to the cloud that I always bring up with clients who are thinking about moving to cloud services which is who are you going to call when something goes wrong and what sort of response are you going to get from them and, and I, I work predominantly in yeah, you know, small medium businesses. Do you think they're going to get anybody's attention if they phone up IBM and say they've got a problem with, you know, a, an
3: infrastructure uh, issue relating to Lotus Live, or if they're phoning it's, up? It's, is that IBM small medium, or is that real world small no, no, medium? No, no, I'm talking about
7: UK small medium.
8: I mean, yeah.
2: it's, uh, the example I like to give is I like to ask someone to go find Google's phone number,
7: yeah.
2: and call their customer support.
0: That's that's the point. That's the point. So can
1: I ask a question back then? Um, with the move to the cloud, I see an awful lot of business partners, in particular, getting very negative and very defensive about the move to the cloud, as if it's taking away their business of support and install and so on. Um, do, do you, the business partners on the, on the um, on the panel, maybe do you see the need for business partners going away when you move to the cloud, or is there actually an increasing need for advice and consultancy and assistance when you go in that direction?
5: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Um. That's not good radio. Uh, Mary Beth was doing a lot of gesturing there. I'm, uh, no, <laughs> I'm just pointing out that... You need.
6: Well, well, Stuart asked the business partners, and I'm not a business partner. So here.
0: Partner am I a business partner? For um, this question, yes.
6: My. Um, <laughs> we've
0: always done cloudy things. We've always hosted servers and remote data centres and all that sort of larky anyway. Now if you're a reasonably smart business partner and you can add value, it doesn't really matter what the back end is as long as the customer's happy, it's safe and secure and stuff. So I don't see business partners going away at all because IBM are so big and they have to address so many needs. Of course, some customers are always going to require some level of customization. So, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's up to you as a business partner to either, you know, shut up or get out or roll with the punch, whatever, whatever euphemism you want to use. Were. Um, but yeah, you just, you just just you just go with it. I mean, you know. 15 years ago, I remember installing Ethernet and think, oh, this is very smart, you know. You know, it's just, life moves on. Hey, you put one cable in and 15 years later it's still working. Damn! Yeah.
6: <laughs> and I'm, I'm the IBMer here, um, and now I'll answer it from my perspective because I'm... So first, by the way, I am the uh, design partner coordinator for Lotus Live. Uh, so um, I'm very interested in working with design partners, including business partners. We also have a new business partner for Lotus Live program run by other IBM colleague named Beverly DeWitt, interested in educating, bringing additional business partners in. I'm going to mention a couple specifically because they're out here uh, you know, at the show today. But for example, Sugar CRM. Uh, that does uh, you know, customer relationship stuff. Uh, they're one of the business partners and have done a fair amount of integration with Lotus Live. If we want to be successful, because IBM does so many different kinds of things with so many people, we absolutely need the business partners. Um, it might be a slightly different way to work, a slightly different relationship, but we are looking for more and, and continued business partner relations. If, for example, you've already deployed an on-premises thing that uses Integra for Notes or CrossWare mail signature, and you're thinking of moving to the cloud, we don't want to screw up our own business because you can't get Integra or, or CrossWare in the cloud. So we want to encourage continued business partner uh, integration with our cloud-based stuff.
4: think it depends upon what your business model is. If you've made most of your money running from mail server to mail server doing upgrades every two years, then in the next three to five years, my prediction is a good percentage of your business is going away. IBM is going to be upgrading those mail servers. So as a business partner, you have to look at your business and say, do I want to get into social and be more of a business consultant and let some of my technical stuff kind of fall to the background, or do I want to focus more on software sales? I do think there's a gap between what most of IBM thinks partners should be doing, are doing, versus how we actually pay our bills. And most of the partners in the Lotus community, with the exception of the ISVs, are not paying their bills by reselling software. They're paying their bills by going out, touching servers, and while they're there, talking about software. So, as STS, we have to completely rethink how we approach business. So for us, it is going to be a complete change. And we're really having to look and say, do we want to be that kind of software reseller, business consultant, or do we want to you know, pick up different admin skills? It's not going to be right away. It's going to be three to five years. And some people will never go to the cloud. But it is a big reassessment for us. And I think we had a point up front here. It
2: change, changes something else, though. It changes the, the cloud today is a reasonably easy quote-unquote sale because customers are actively interested in it but from an IBM business partner standpoint it's a very very difficult sell it's an easy sale difficult sell because today IBM just do not have the processes in place to comp the partner correctly on the the finding and the fulfillment of the orders and it's so much easier for the customer just to cut out the the middleman, in which case, which is the partner that's finding the deal, and go straight around you. And IBM today, and Google has the same point. How do they stop that from happening? And how do they stop accidentally obliterating their partner community? There's a
8: question here. Uh Yeah, <clears throat> this is Sardar from Turkey. Uh, I just wanted to get back this uh, mobility issue because it bugs me uh, for a long <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, I. I kind of uh, obsessed with the world uh, with the uh, t- uh, mobile application development issue I blocked about it and uh, we are talking we are not talking about mobile application development we are talking about mobile browser applications uh, or mobile uh, compatible browser applications uh, uh, but I am really questioning about uh, if we need a uh, if you need also a native application uh, mechanism or uh, something else because there are value uh, edit there are value added software uh, written in native applications uh, I saw it uh, I uh, once uh, tried to sell it uh, with several other business partners uh, But IBM has promised uh, 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 expedited years ago now. It's uh, Windows Mobile only. (laughs) It doesn't exist. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm kind of obsessed. This would be an answer to uh, that uh, we don't need it. It's so niche, uh, IBM doesn't de- need it. It's, it's an answer too.
1: So, so just to summarise that, your point is that you believe there should be native applications for, say, Android, iOS um, yes. for these applications? Does on the panel want to talk
3: to that? That would turn this whole discussion completely on its head. Because then what you're talking about with IBM developing a specific email client for Traveller on the Android device and then having something completely different for Nokia and Windows Mobile and for iPhone, if you were to take a subset of the capabilities from the notes-rich client, so maybe listing in a view, the ability to have some actions at the top of the screen, the ability to have type ahead inside a view and then throw in replication, that would be killer. You would have a client that you could deploy that truly was a mobile application client and rather than going out and developing your X pages as web apps for mobile devices, all you've got to do is produce a really simple form, couple of actions in a view, have that NSF replicate down to the mobile device and if you've developed a client which is cross-platform, which has those core capabilities of the night's client, title, navigator, view, selection bar, action bar, preview pane, then you've got a killer. Throw in replication, and you've got everything you need on a mobile device. Oh,
2: J- J- Julian's done it. So, Julian, what, what, what are the complexities with Tralyn?
3: Well, I,
5: and, and I guess part of it is a clarification. I mean, are you speaking about IBM specifically, doing mobile devices, or are you talking about, I guess, business partners and all of us sitting in the room doing mobile business
8: devices?
5: Doing right. So so you'd like to see IBM... It's su- do
8: sustainable. You- I, I've seen some products and I've seen that it's not sustainable if uh, they are li- led by business partners only.
5: Okay, so, so it sounds like maybe you'd like to see IBM, I guess, more on the mobile app development front, and I, I don't know if we have anything... I mean... Oh, uh, okay.
3: Sorry, I was, Hi, I'm Kerr um, I think the interesting point here from an app dev point of view would be, yes, could IBM provide uh, a layer of toolkit? It might not actually be a client, but it's saying, well, here are some libraries that you can write your own mobile app- native mo- mobile application, but it will do your replication. We've got a little storage point. It might hook into the native storage capability on the device, but we will handle the replication with your Domino server. I- IBM we'll, have a we'll hard time
2: shrinking stuff down, right? So Notes went from a 187-meg file to a 487-meg file, but and Dominoes d- went from one server to Vulcan. So right. I so, don't so hold not, much faith on the, fil- on the funnel.
3: But think, no, of,
2: think no, about it what we've all been dealing
3: with for 20 years. We've been dealing with an application framework, which is what the Notes client actually is. So, if you were able to shrink that down into something that provided a developer with the ability to add simple actions, simple forms, simple views to navigate records, with the ability to replicate. So, we're not talking about a superset of the features with sidebar plugins and widgets and the you stuff just, that Mary, Beth, and animals. I love. Here's the
4: with that, then, Matt. How's that going to retire a
3: quota? Yeah. Administrative policies. No, but the idea is to put a framework on the mobile devices that developers then are able to work within the framework, just like we've been doing with the notes client, building applications within the framework, whatever the benefits, advantages or even limitations are of the framework, it's still a framework. And if it's a quick and easy install of a very simple client and then you've got the ability for your organisation to roll out applications to the managed clients, you've got a killer platform because now you've got notes on every device or let's call it Mobile Vulcan. I, <laughs> look, I like that. Vulcan rocks. Well.
1: Some terrific ideas there and some terrific discussion. Thank you very much to our panel. We've run out of time, unfortunately, so can we just a round of applause for our great panel? So this was This Week in Lotus. Bye.
0: All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.